0: welcome to ESPN's The Far Post podcast. We are back for another week talking about the dub and all its dub goodness. What a week we had. There were some great games, some great goals and some deeply distressing and traumatising news. So we will get through all of it in just a moment. But before we begin today, we want to acknowledge the tradition the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri and Gadigal people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For today's episode, you've got me, Marissa Lordanic, Anna Harrington, Sam Lewis and Angela Christian Wilkes. So, my dudes, my homies, let us begin with some you love to see It's because that's how we like to start these episodes. So Harrow,
1: what did you love to see from this weekend? I love to see say- Rachel Lowe scoring another brace. Um, she took a little while to hit her straps at Melbourne Victory. We all saw the quality she had, um, especially late at Sydney FC last year. And yeah, she's hit confidence, she's hit form. Um, the second goal in particular, I think the first one took a bit of a deflection, but the second one when she hit it really, really nicely. Um, sort of rolled her foot over it um from distance It sort of skidded and deceived the keeper. It was um really lovely hit. Um yeah, I, I really like Rachel Lowe as a player. She is really good at getting those late runs into the box, just being in the right place and time for if the ball bobbles out, she likes having a shot, dangerous, um, just seems to be going from strength to strength. Um, so, yeah, Rachel Lowe um, finding her scoring boots. Again, you love to see it.
0: Everyone else was singing shotiga low, low, Lowe the entire time Harry was talking right here, just me. Yes. Okay, they're dancing. They're nodding listeners. They agree with me. But, no, we absolutely love to see it. And that was a great game for people who have low in their last name because Hannah Lowry's two goals. Also excellent, especially the equaliser to make it 2-2. Just really beautifully well worked. Which, um, oh.
1: We've put so much work into trying to come out with a pun about oh this. Low and Lowry. It's... I was like, Low and Lowry and lowry And Low. <laughs>
0: We're taking on your suggestions. Please, someone, please. At 11.37pm on like the night of the game on the East Coast, I was trying, but my brain cell was not not doing anything anyway let us move on Angela what did you love to see from this weekend
2: I love to see Emily van Egmond return to the dub with a bang um for those who may have missed it uh she has signed with the Newcastle Jets for a four game guest stint um I have complicated feelings about you know her coach being her dad, not so much the nepotism stuff, but just like that sounds like a terrible time. But, you know, that's her journey. Um, and she's already having an immediate impact for the Jets. Um, in particular, I really liked the ball um, that she did for Lara Gooch for the first goal. It was basically she the second The secondary assist for herself um and gooch did really well as they were pairing up a lot this game gooch did really well this game to kind of hold the run and then receive it out on the left and then place it like perfectly for um emily to convert and just it was just such a coolly taken shot i imagine there was probably a lot of power behind it but the way that she sometimes shoots is just like eh, dink like and uh yeah we we love to see that and um she also got the assist on the second goal as well again working with Gooch um which was a really fun like ball over so yeah I uh, really enjoy seeing her score but also like the kind of um fun attacking passes and and that that side of her play as well that we all love to see especially at Tilly's level um so yeah uh, Emily van Egmond doing Emily van Egmond things in the dub again you love to see it <laughs> We do. Her goal was absolutely peak Eve
0: as well. And we will talk about her and that game and the Matilda squad that just got announced for the Canada series in a little bit. But Sam, what did you love to see from this weekend?
3: So this weekend, I love to see something else from the same game—the Newcastle Jets Melbourne City game. But this time, it was the opposition. It was the first goal that was scored by Melbourne City by Daniela Galic. It was an absolute ripper in the eighth minute. Bit of chaos around the box. The ball sort of pings out to Galic, who I think I don't know if she if she like intentionally teed herself up, but it somehow comes off her, spins and holds up beautifully in the air, and she just like puts her foot through it in this sensationally technical sort of way uh puts her laser through the, the the center of the ball and rockets it into the back of the net it was, and it was so it was so powerful and so fast that the goalkeeper didn't even really have a chance to do anything they kind of just like listened to it sail past their ear and then just kept looking outwards at the field and then turned around and realized what had happened it was an amazing goal from an amazing player um, Daniela Galich is, yeah, like it's, she's sort of taken her time, I think, to warm up in, into this season with City. Um, but I think the more that she is played in central positions, like she was against the Newcastle Jets, the, the better that she's going to, she's going to get. So Galich scoring a ripper in what was, um, eventually a 3-2 win for Melbourne City. Uh, you'll have to see it.
0: We absolutely love to see it. We do need to stay with that Melbourne City 3, Newcastle Jets 2 game, as Sam just mentioned, because um, as good and as interesting a game as it was, the main thing we need to talk about from this game was Holly McNamara's injury. So she's gone and scored the winner in this game in injury time. City's feeling absolute jubilation and then she's on the deck in obvious pain, clutching at her knee. So um, when we were trying to figure out how to talk about it this morning, Harrow was just like, all I feel is sadness. So um, how are you doing, Harrow? How are you progressing through the stages of grief as we look down the barrel of another Holly McNamara potentially long-term injury?
1: Well, I was just saying to you guys um, pre-pod that yesterday, I think Marissa and I both felt sick. And then you feel so sad and devastated. And now this morning I'm angry. I'm not sure what I'm angry at. Probably ACLs, probably knee ligaments, like something like that. Um, it's just devastating. Like this should be like, she should be the how good you love to see it. Recalled to the Matilda squad on Saturday. Scores a brace, including the winner on Sunday after being kicked a fair chunk of that game as well. Like, you know, rode through that to um, to score the winner. And then, um, yeah, you can go and watch the replay if, if you so desire. Um, but um, I think Sam sort of figured it out. She injures her knee in the process of landing after shooting, um, it looks like. Or if it's not that, it's when she sort of goes over the the Jets keeper um, afterwards. So, yeah, it's just devastating, right? Like, And she just had, and I think you summed it up well on Twitter, Marissa, like you hope it's not the worst, but this is a player that has done two ACLs and knows what that feels like and her reaction, hands on her face, bawling her eyes out, the stretch comes out immediately. Yeah. And it sounds like just muted atmosphere in Newcastle after that. Like it, this should have been one of the best weekends of her career. Um, re, as I said, recalled to the Matilda squad in the form of her life, clearly has been the best player in the league this season, um, Pulls her team out of the fire against Newcastle. Because um, sc- she scored two goals. She scored a header and then she she scores the winner. Um, but it just sours everything. And you, you feel for those players. You, um, you know, you're... You, you feel for all her teammates. You feel for the Jets goalkeeper, who was right there. I imagine that's a pretty rough thing to happen when you're, you know, in those final minutes of the game. But, yeah, you're just going to be devastated for Holly McNamara. You hope it's another type of knee injury because we know that other knee injuries can – the Kira Walsh example, right, where it's um, you hyperextend it a certain way and there's a lot of pain. You I think that's what everyone will be hoping for. But, unfortunately, with these situations, you fear the worst until you get told the best, right? So, yeah, it's devastating. It's devastating for the Matildas as well. I think everyone was... Uh, Tony Gustafsson, when I was on the selection press the day before, was just waxing lyrical about her. Like, you know, I said on Twitter, you couldn't even fit all his quotes into the story about, um, you know, they wanted to take the time with her, let her get really right after after that last ACL. She hit form. She really had a really enjoyable season playing in, in the NPL in New South Wales, just getting that confidence back in her body and then came into this season on fire and just was clearly the best player, as I said, if not the best one of the best players in the league, she's leading the golden boot. I think she's now got six goals in the opening five games. Um, and yeah, I think she just really deserved things to go well. She's 20 years old and has done at least two ACLs and potentially a third. And yeah, I, I, I think it's just it's just heartbreaking. I don't see how anyone could look at this situation and not be, not be devastated. So yeah, no, nah, it was, um, yeah. I'm very sad. I think everyone that's seen this is very sad and just hoping for the very best for her and that she has avoided this injury. And if she hasn't, you know that she'll have that support around her as she confronts what will be a pretty difficult situation and probably some big decisions to make around her career and what the next step forward is. I mean, you, you hope that the, you, you can be sure, I think, there'll be that support at Melbourne City, um, at the Matildas as well. Um, we know there's other players who've had multiple serious injuries. You Taylor Ray. Um, I know Amy Harrison had too, like this, you know, there's different players who've experienced different things, but yes. Um, you just hope she's got all that support around her and yeah, all you can do is really hope for the best, I think.
3: Yeah. It's pretty devastating, isn't it? And I'm thinking back to the, the last time she did this in the dub was against Sydney FC, funnily enough. And I, I remember writing a big story about it after it had happened because um, in that game, she went down, in a in a pretty similar way, it was a non-contact way, and she did it in front of Taylor Ray as well. It's like the the the, the universe of, of weak ACLs just combined in that one square meter patch of grass, <laughs> and uh, and and she went down. It's yeah, look, it's it's awful. Twenty years old and a potential third ACL injury. You know, you I think if you're a if you're a sports psychologist around Holly McNamara at the moment. You really need to be, I think, asking the question about what is the value of potentially continuing down the route of professional sport. Um, if you're this young, you still have so much time to study, to work, to, to choose other career options. And we know that people who are um, continually sustaining injuries like this have a much higher chance of um developing things like arthritis osteoporosis at a much younger age than the average population as they get older it's it's you know uh, you have to really start to wonder whether this is a, a kind of a moment for holly to think about this stuff because you know after it potentially three acls you know you've had basically one every season that you've been a professional what's you know and I'm not I'm not sitting here. I'm just like if I was in her shoes, what would I be thinking right now? You know, I I I would so admire if she wanted to do exactly the same thing as she did last time she did this, which is, you know, get back to physio, repair it, get stronger, come back stronger, you know, all those sort of clichés that that athletes who do major injuries tend to sort of have. Um, But at the same time, I I do think that there's a a, a bit bit of a duty of almost like mental health care with this kind of thing as well. You know, young players, they think they're invincible and um, they have a sense of their abilities that maybe wiser, older heads need to temper a little bit. Um, Like I absolutely have no doubt that she's one of the best up and coming players in Australia and would absolutely be at the heart of the Matildas in the next couple of years. But you know, if this is, if this is the cost of that, having to go through this every year or two, I don't really know if that's worth it. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's really upsetting. We'll probably get, so we're recording on a, on a Monday morning. We'll probably get some confirmation over the next day or two after she's had scans. Um, what this means for the Matildas, you know, well, I guess Marissa will, we'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, I think at the moment it's mostly just Lots of thoughts and feelings heading Holly McNamara's way. Um, We hope that she's surrounded by good people and that she's able to, to make some good decisions over the next couple of months. And I
1: think she'll be given lots of time and opportunity to make this decision. If we look at one thing that clearly has helped her, it's from a national team perspective, the Matildas, and Tony said it as much, just effectively, you know, backing off and saying, enjoy your football, get your confidence back. Yeah. And yeah, as you say, she's only 20, so... Yeah, some big, some big decisions up ahead, but I'm sure she'll be um, talking to everyone in her corner. And that those decisions can include the way you, if she decides, if, if we're throwing a little ifs in here, if she has done the knee again, the decisions about what medical approach you take, you know, with surgery. We see, um, Marissa and I see this all the time, yeah, yeah, AFL players and that that head to the US, that get different sorts of rehab. Like there's all different sorts of situations that come into play. But I think initially, um, especially when you're in this period where you waiting on diagnosis and then you can't always act straight away if with with some of these injuries due to swelling or whatever like there'll be some some decisions to make and hopefully yeah she's got all the right people around her and you've got no doubt she will um and I, I can't imagine any decisions will be made rashly either I think it'll be a yeah a matter of taking the time to to figure it all out but yes um from a Matilda's perspective Sam it is it is sad as well right because this is a player that you just felt could slot right into and Tony said it as well, any of those attacking spots. She can play on either wing, she can play as a nine, she can play as a false nine, she can play as a ten, got that speed, got that guile, great on both feet. Um, like, yeah, the the sort of player that everyone loves to have, right? So, but yeah, as it stands, it's um yeah, just making sure it's got she's got the right people around her. And all our thoughts at the far post are with Holly McNamara and her and her Melbourne City teammates as well. Plenty of them whom have seen her go go down like this before.
0: It's bloody heavy. It's a real heavy way to start your Monday uh, morning when we're recording, as Sam said. But um, yeah, as we, we just kind of touched on the Matildas lens of this injury, which is probably a good way to actually chat then about the Matildas squad that was announced over the weekend for two games against Canada, Obviously, we were all stoked on Saturday when we saw Holly has been named. We're like, just reward for great A-League women's form. We love to see it. Let's fucking go. Pardon my French. Um, So now, obviously, we're going to need to find someone else because you assume even if it is one of the lower level injuries, you wouldn't be putting her on a flight to Canada. That seems like uh, not a great uh, way to go about the start of injury rehab but the rest of the squad because there were some interesting inclusions exclusions etc cetera, et cetera. so angela what did you like about this tilly squad for these canada games
2: i i think it was like there weren't too many surprise i don't think the yeah there weren't too many surprises and the surprises that were there made sense and i liked that um yeah i think uh i'm intrigued at the moment i think my main kind of question around it and maybe Harry you can speak to this because I know you're at the the press with Tony but um, Charlie Rule's been included which I think Mm. is great um, but she hasn't been getting a whole bunch of minutes at Brighton so I'm I'm intrigued as to Maybe there's a bit more background there because as um Tony did say, it's like there's a balance between it's like about club performance and also about um previous showings at camp as well. So um that's not to say I'm like she doesn't deserve to be I'm just like it would be nice to know a little bit more um behind that one. Um yeah, the I guess if we would otherwise just talk about, you know, on that note about performance like Holly Mack being called up, but uh, Ugh. That's what you can really say there. Um, aside from that, yeah, I think it's it's looking like a, a good squad and it's really nice to see like yeah, the the usual suspects. <laughs> I think in the past they've been called in, like, say for example, your Rasos and your your Fowlers, and they haven't necessarily been getting a lot of minutes, but like this is in that in that side of things, this uh squad is is really strong. Um so feeling feeling pretty good um the only other like I guess um I don't feel like we was robbed about this or anything like that but Chloe Lagaz, I think has been doing really well at Western United so I'm wondering um if and when she come kind of comes back into the conversation for Tilly's squads and the like but um that's probably a conversation for another time but I am yeah kind of intrigued as to when she, her name might start cropping back up, but aside from that, yeah, it's looking it's looking good. And normally, like, I, again, like the inclusion of Luick. previously, that may have been a bit more of a like, yikes, we don't have any defenders. But it's actually nice to be like, oh, we've got another defender that we can rely on. But um we're not having everything resting on her inclusion in the squad to have like a pretty reasonable backline, So that's, that's quite North. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I was going to, I was going to mention Ivy Luke as well. Like it's, I I'm, mm-hmm. I'd love that selection from Tony. Ivy Luke has been in great form over in Sweden. Uh, she was named in the women's champions league team of the week as well, playing for BK Haken, who defeated, uh, Paris FC. I think it was in the most recent round, which is a pretty big deal. Um, she's she's an old wise head we know what she can do she's a very consistent player she is versatile she can do lots of different things so i really like that she has come in i like that she offers another option to a claire polkinghorn potentially at center back but can also play as a more classic defensive midfielder um and coming up against canada it was a very different kind of proposition to the three nations that we played in the uh, the Olympic qualifiers. I think that's going to be a, a kind of style and a kind of system that would require someone like a Lewick potentially. Um, so, yeah, so I, I love that. I, I love as well that Charlie Rule has has been um, promoted from her, her train on status during the qualifiers to, to now being a fully-fledged Matilda. I think that's great reward for um, her, her her I guess, her, her hustle you know, going over to England and, and getting shit done. And, you know, she's hasn't been playing much for Brighton, but when she has, she's been performing well. She's obviously training very well as well. And this is the thing about, I think a lot of people don't see just because you don't get minutes on the field doesn't always mean that you're not improving um, when you're at, at your respective clubs. You know, Haley Rasso at Real Madrid is probably another good example of that. Um, yeah. So I, I think this is a great squad. I think they're yeah, the, the Holly Mack news um, kind of it begs the question of who who's next, uh, who's the the twenty fourth player who was on the list. Um, I think a lot of people, based on on Soc Twitter's reactions, probably thinking Alex Chidiak. Um She was the the player who missed out um, from the qualifiers, and you know, she's over in Mexico, not not playing a huge amount either. Um, but I know Harry, you had some thoughts about about Chid. So we all love Chids here, friend of the pod Chids. But um, yeah, I think. Maybe some of us were a little bit um, disappointed with the the way that she didn't really grasp her opportunities when they were presented to her in the more recent camps.
1: Yeah, I think it, it, Tony sort of said as much. He got asked directly, "Is Alex Judaik injured or she dropped?" And he just said, "Yeah, it's a it's a form thing. She's not playing in Mexico and didn't maybe grab the opportunity." He didn't say that they you know didn't necessarily perform in that game. Um, I think it was the Iran game first up that she started. Um, so. Fair enough. I, I feel for Chibs. I feel like um, club moves just haven't worked for her. Like uh, you can sort of leave the Atletico Madrid move off this, I think, because, you know, that was like the, the dream move. You're a kid, you go. And she would have gained so much experience in that. She had the injuries and stuff like that as well. But it's been multiple clubs, apart from when she's been at Melbourne Victory, where she just doesn't get game time. Obviously the stint in Japan, racing Louisville, and then um, in Mexico. And, She's the, the Tigres fans are not happy about it, I can tell you that much, but she keeps getting brought on in like the 85th, 86th, 88th sort of minute. And that's, as we know from the World Cup, like how are you meant to make any sort of impression when when that's the situation? Um, I mean, for me, a, a lone move back to the dub sort of looms. It's probably to victory. Like that's that would seem a logical move for her because she just needs game time. Um, I, I do feel for her, but yeah, I think... Um, when that didn't ne- when her appearance for the Matildas didn't necessarily work out, that combined with the limited club minutes, I think, unfortunately, made her the first in line um, for the chop from this squad. Especially when you look at how Sayer and Wheeler performed when they came in, so impressive. They're both playing at club level. Um, I know Claire Wheeler's Everton are not exactly thriving, um, but that's not her fault. <laughs> so she's she they've both come in and done really well. So. Yeah, I, th- I think that's where it's at. I saw a lot of people crying out about it and I was like, oh, to be fair, I, I think Chibs would probably say she would have seen this coming. Um, I, And also when you get dropped for one squad, it doesn't mean you're out the door. <laughs> like you can get dropped for one squad, you find your form again, you're back in. Like it's this is how it works. You know, we we didn't see Ivy look in the last one. She's come back from injury. She's done well. Um, yeah, I've... I think it's just a untimely speed bump. I think if she can get, especially if she can get a loan move back to the dub, perform really strongly, you, you pick players in form, and yeah, I think that's the consistency we do want to see as well. We want to see players picked on form. Um, I think Emily Van Eggman comes back to the dub. She's you know won the shield, made it to the final with San with San Diego, comes in immediately has a goal and an assist, and you go, well, there's a there's an example of a player in form. But um, Charlie ruled just because Angela asked about it as well. It's pretty much what Sam said. Tony said that um, she really impressed as a train-on in Perth. Um, I think she played 44 minutes overnight for Brighton as well. So she's is getting a little bit of game time. Um, they would just clearly been impressed and I think was clearly in that mix. Now you've have McNamara go out. I think she's been used a little bit more as a forward at Brighton when we saw her as a fullback in the dub. So she'll get a chance. So we'll see what that involves game time-wise. but. She is one that I know is very highly rated young Matildas-wise, so sort of been on that periphery for a while and it's not too much of a shock to see her um, come into the fray. So yeah, otherwise, it is like what Angela said, right? There's not too many surprises here. Um, I know when I was writing the story, it was very much Holly McNamara and then also (laughs) Ivy Lewick and then also Chidiak drops out. Courtney Vine, of course, also drops out. She's still got that hamstring injury. Um, So no one was really surprised by that. The other talking point I did see on Twitter was about the goalkeeper situation. And I think a lot of this has been informed, in my opinion at least, by Teague and Mike are not getting minutes at Liverpool. Because the discussion that I've seen is is Lydia Williams the third-choice goalkeeper, if that is the case, why are we playing a 35-year-old third-choice goalkeeper? And I imagine a lot of people's first go-to would be Jada Wyman, right? I, would, I can't think of anyone else that would be sort of so high up in the frame. My my thoughts is I, I reckon it's just because Tegan Micah has not been playing, it is still genuinely a competition for the second keeper at this stage. Mackenzie Arnold is clearly very, very far ahead of everyone right now. And then it, it seems like it is the other two. Um, but yeah, I thought it was and we know the what Lydia Williams brings in terms of squad, experience, personality, et cetera, all those things. I just found that an interesting talking point as well. Um, And I'll be interested to see if Tegan-Michael can force her way in at Liverpool and start starting regularly, playing really well and clearly making her case on the pitch as well. Um, Because you clearly need goalkeepers who are playing as well at the same time, right? So, yeah, that was the other thing that I think long term probably interests me, whether um, we do see a change up. I I don't think it's obviously not happening this window, but yeah, that's something that interests me a bit.
0: Kind of Tilly's adjacent, we had a couple of questions about Katrina Gory and Charlie Grant's futures because they've both announced that they are leaving Vitya in Sweden. So do we have any ideas where they'll pop up or any preferences for where we'd like to see them pop up? Because two very handy players and obviously we want them playing as we lead into um, Olympic qualifiers in February, that last round of Olympic qualifiers.
3: do we want to break the news well are we allowed I don't, well, know. I
1: don't know i don't know you should write it if you if you want to break it sam i feel like you could
3: break <laughs> no, the- i'm not a news breakies, breaking person i don't know so I, I i know where she's going but i don't know um if i'm allowed to say it um, you tease uh, how dare you It's better to ask
2: for forgiveness than for permission. No, that's not a good um, journalistic principle to follow. Um, (laughs) You could just say and then um, we can check if it's allowed and then bleep you out if it's not
1: post. I reckon it's waiting on an announcement, probably ticking off the final paperwork or something.
3: Yeah, I think it is as well. So the news Um, is there's news. Yes. Well, at least I I know where Charlie Grant is going. I don't know where Katrina Gorey is going. Um Charlie Grant is going to redacted um which should be a great move for her I think redacted by a pretty good club these days and they're doing pretty well I think on the pitch with the redacted so that that could be a potentially great move I don't know where Gori is going I hope that she also goes to redacted um yeah, that's I my think understanding that she- yeah, I, th- I think she could be of real use to some of those clubs, I've got to say, um, and being in a, a fully professional environment, um, a full-time league, uh, that, yeah, that could be amazing. We could see Katrina Gorey um, even get beyond her own ceiling that we've seen so far, which would be unreal. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll see when that's announced. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be pretty soon soon even though i think the transfer window is closed but you can do announcements kind of whenever you want to um i'm assuming it'll be pretty soon that the the charlie grannies will be made public that's
0: interesting i like it i didn't know um but no we absolutely love to see wherever they pop up all all we want for the tillies is good game time and no injuries we are so basic we have
3: we are two demands yeah. that's
0: it two demands um so if the good lord would like to help us out with those um yeah we absolutely love to see it um do we want to talk a little bit kind of transitioning out of tilly's back into dub mode about emily van egmon because obviously as angela mentioned she's on this four game guest stint with the jets under her dad, um, mm. we assume that because it is only a four game guest in, it really is just to take her through these Canada friendlies to make sure that she is in a training environment, getting minutes into the legs, all of that kind of situation. Um, we want to talk about the immediate impact she had on this Jets side because it's not like they were anything to write home about in the first four rounds of dub and all of a sudden with her on the park they are pushing Melbourne City who have been one of the contenders this season so
3: Emily van Egmond good at football <laughs> yeah who knew wow she's she, she's a classy player, isn't she? Um and I I was watching it with friend of the pod, my mother, um and she was like,, uh, geez, that Emily Van Egmont. she's you know she's not she's not the quickest, but she really sees the game, doesn't she? I'm like, yes, she does. she's uh I think she we've talked about this in um a couple of episodes where yes, Van Egmon is uh, a bit of a lopy kind of player you feel like when you watch her that she's being played on 0.5 of the speed of everyone else around her but she is able to think faster than most people and she has the technique to be able to compensate I think for her lack of speed Uh, and this game was the perfect example of that you know her involvement in in both of the goals for the Jets um, is a testament to what she's able to bring and the fact that she was able to develop such immediate chemistry with Lara Gooch and such an understanding of of how that dynamic between them worked um, is again evidence of just how smart she is, I think as a footballer. Um, it's a shame really that she's only going to be here for four games. maybe they, there's an option to extend that after the Canada friendlies. I don't know. Um, I hope there is because you know having a, a player like her come into a team like this, not only helps the, the the club and helps the fans around the club who are some of the best in the league, but it also helps the whole competition. You know, this was a – this Newcastle could have won this game because of Emily van Egmond, you know, and it was against Melbourne City. You know, it shakes up the the way in which this ladder could potentially um, end at the end of the season. So, yeah, I, I, I love seeing her back. Um, I'm bummed that it's only at this point going to be for four games. Um, I don't know whether I mean we've spoken about guest stints in the past, haven't we, where there's kind of two sides to the argument. One is that you they like guest short guest stints really shouldn't be allowed because you um like you have a player come in and they don't they're only here for a short time. They're not really able to be part of the full story of a of a team and they're not able to contribute perhaps in the way, the full way, the holistic way in which they could if they were a a, a fully contracted full season player. But at the same time, if they are of such high quality and they can come in and do what someone like Emily Van Egwan has just done, and if she's able to do that for the next three games and take Newcastle a couple of spots up the ladder, you know, that's in itself, you know, a really important influence. It's a really important thing to have when potentially you could have none of that at all. Um, So, yeah, I don't really know where I land on it. I I think maybe it depends on the club um, and the player if it's a guest stint and the player doesn't really do anything, it's kind of a wasted spot. But if it's a guest stint where the player is fantastic, they've come to a club who really needed help and they did help them, like in this case, I'm a little bit more lenient towards that kind of arrangement, I think.
1: I
2: mean, surely like with that, like guest stints and the the potential for impact or, you know, no impact that's kind of on clubs to figure out for themselves. Like, I don't think there's, anything they're not impacting other clubs in but if that makes sense am am i making sense it's like they're making their own bed if they sign a guest player who's not that good so it's not really an yeah, ethical yeah. issue for where i stand it's just like oh well if you make a silly decision it's on the club um yeah rather than there being like impacts on like player welfare or that kind of thing so i don't know i'm i i the Emily Van Egmond one, it will be interesting, I think, because we've already seen that the kind of um, change she can bring about in this side. And on the other side of that, though, maybe it is a case of like also highlighting, like a player like Lara Gooch, the ceiling that she has. Once you bring in a player like Emily Van Egmond that can complement her so well, um, so that there's that impetus for for a Jets to be like, okay, well, we're not going to have Eve for the rest of the season, but we should be thinking seriously about the kind of alternatives or the kind of quality players we could bring in once she's finished um, in the sense that she's able to like, yeah, bring out that kind of stuff in other players or provide that kind of service that a player like Gooch um, seems to be thriving on. So, yeah, it's an interesting an interesting one, but I do worry for them a little bit Um I, f- I hope they're, they're thinking a li- little bit more long term in terms of what to do once um, her her stint finishes. I also wonder if it's going to become a bit more of a comment because I suppose that that shorter signing is complimentary now that the NWSL has a much longer season. So if you're like, if she's intending to return to the NWSL, then it's like ideal. If she's not, then I'm like, babe, that's what you're doing? But I assume... I assume this isn't like last time. I don't know if anyone, like the last time she did a short stint at the Jets, it it felt like she was just kind of like hanging out and throwing chakras. This feels a little bit different, so.
1: I mean, it, it works for her in the sense that she can keep up a bit of form and fitness um, and then probably have a break over Christmas, um, just with the timing of her seasons. So I think it just sort of echoes everyone else is it <clears throat> at the very least, if you get some good results um, and they were pretty close to getting that on the weekend against arguably one of the contenders in this month, it at least keeps them relevant. You've got to be in the conversation. It's a long season. Um, it's not quite so urgent as when it was the short season, where if you had a few losses early, you were done, you're done. But like, if you can get a couple of good results here, it sort of helps keep things afloat and, you know, you try and build on it, but, it is, it is really just a short-term game thing, right? Like, it, it's as much as you say, yeah, hopefully you're doing this. they—you I mean, they get a, a unique opportunity to get Emily Van Egwon because she is from Newcastle. Her dad is the coach and she has a connection with the club. And even then, you're only getting her for four games, not a classic seven-game guest stint. Um, so it's hard to see how they actually replace her after this. It does feel more like a short-term sugar hit, um, a very good sugar hit. Um, and she will... Be very good for them she's already been very good for them and you know and will give a huge lift those young players will get a huge amount out of playing with someone like that um and that'll be really good experience wise you won't necessarily see those rewards reaped straight away um yeah it is kind of on them to to lift beyond this um but we know the sort of financial limitations you can clearly see newcastle are under there isn't a big budget to bring in players so yeah, you hope that they can sort of get a bit of a lift from this and then maintain at least a, a good level, not like have Emily Van a then dip just as suddenly as, as they rose, you know. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of yet to be seen. Um, yeah, I think it'll work for now, but whether it sustains that effect well into the season, I, I, I'm a bit more sceptical on. From guest stints generally can be great with the right player. Mm. I, I always like a guest stint coming into finals. Um, they're my favorite ones. Um, where you get a player at the tail end of the season, they can make an impact later on. Um, I think Lauren Barnes has done that before. Um, you see a few players come in, but also often you just see them at the start. The, the Lynn Williams ones are the best examples, right? Where you, you say you have a player for a few weeks and you're like, bye. <laughs> um, I prefer them at the tail end of the season. Um, if you can get a really big name, they're great as well. But um, yeah, they're, they're fine. They're fine, guest stints, but you know, they're not make or break things of this league, I think.
0: My feelings about the Eve guest stint is that if this was still a 14 round season, four games could be really impactful for the Jets, but because it is a 22 round season, four games mean nothing. They're going to be great, we've already mm. seen. They're going to do a lot for the Nui crowd, the Nui team. I really liked what Angela was saying about like the connection already with Lara Gooch and how much she's going to gain from having a Van Eggmond. We saw her even like in between goals, coaching, telling players um, on the field, having that kind of leadership role. So there's definitely like going to be benefits, but I think you zoom out Four games is nothing, especially in a um, 22-round season. And that point about Lara Gooch is how I'm going to segue into our next little chat, which was Sydney are back in the dub and they are winning and they are beating Adelaide. Um, It was Fiona Wirtz returning to haunt the Reds. And I feel like she is a player that is really benefiting from being around other players who are at a higher level Um, because her two goals were phenomenal and it was the really excellent work of a Tori Tumith down the right and then an Abby Lemon down the left. Um, and she was making the correct run, doing the right finish. It was really sensational. So I feel like Fiona Wirtz is that kind of player where she's really, <clears throat> pardon me, she's really enjoying being around, um, I suppose, higher quality players. There's no nice way to say that without sounding like I'm dunking on the Reds, but I just feel like we know Sydney's quality is good and Fiona Wurtz is currently benefiting from that and in turn Sydney are benefiting from that. So um, a very positive return to the league for Sydney. Adelaide are still winless. Um, They signed chelsea Dorber midweek. Is that gonna fix anything for the Reds? There's still a lot of season to go but
1: is it gonna is it gonna help? I mean you can't put it all on her shoulders like especially without Wirtz anymore. And I think um, the way Fiona Wirtz is playing right now clearly shows that things went right for her last season at Adelaide after f- such a good season before that. is a super player. Um, I reckon she's fantastic. She can create goals. She can score them herself. She has a good understanding with Dylan Holmes. Um, I think she is probably the best player they could have signed, if that makes sense. Like in terms of fits into Adrian Stenton's system, they can play around her a bit. the The, the big question though is like, is there enough quality around those couple of players to cover up for their shortcomings? And I think the answer is no. Um, <clears throat> as much as, you know, Dorber is a quality player, she'll score goals, home scores goals. They, I just don't think there's enough around there for it to fix the problems. Like, you know, it's all well and good to get the icing on the cake players, but if the cake's not there, then it's like, you just left with the icing, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think she'll be good. The good thing for clubs that are struggling a little bit, as we've sort of alluded to over and over again, longer season you do have time to sort your shit out. If you can get a couple of good results, um, and that's why the Newcastle for them. We've talked about that game so much, obviously because of Holly Mack. Had they held on even for a point, it would have been like a really good result. But yeah, it's there's still time to turn things around. I just I'm not convinced that Adelaide have enough to turn it around.
3: Yeah. They like, it's, they need goal scorers, but they also need to tighten up their defense. Like they've conceded the most goals in the the whole league so far. Um, They're, they're very, very leaky. And as we've sort of observed over the, the start of the season, it just doesn't look like things are clicking for them. Um, and maybe it's going to be a, a, another example of why a longer season really matters, because this is going to be a team that comes into their own in the back half of the season. But will it be too late by then? I don't know. Um, I think it's it's a, it's the right observation to make, Harry, that we can't expect Chelsea Dorber to come in and fix everything. But as we've just seen, Emily van Egmont coming in, she... She's certainly fixed a lot of things in Newcastle. So, who knows? Who knows what she's going to do? Hell she's yeah! Had this fantastic experience overseas. You know exactly. Um, like I hope, I hope she does. I hope Chelsea Dorber does come in and helps uh, fix things at Adelaide because they have been really underwhelming so far. And you want this competition to be exciting. You want the Adelaide crowd to get around their their, their club, and you want them to be um to be up and about. You know, actually challenging for things and taken out some of the top teams and you know doing doing Adelaide stuff so yeah i hope that i hope that they're able to turn it around i think this game against sydney you know on the on the on the topic of Fiona Wirtz, uh, it really should have been like four or five goals to her to be fair um the only reason why i think the the score line was the the way that it was is because adelaide have a have a fantastic goalkeeper and Annalie grove she had an absolute ripper game and kept a number of really significant chances out of the net um, but Sydney were rampant. I think they've come back from their, their Asian um, club championship um, feeling like they need to catch up. Um, we mentioned that last episode where they they haven't really started this season um, in the way that they would have liked to. And I think they've really used that experience in, um, in Uzbekistan to, uh, to, yeah, to address some of those issues. Um, Abby Lemon coming back and, and doing her thing I think is great. Tori Tumath as well. Um, yeah, you, know, you can see that they sort of un- they better understand themselves now as a as a unit. Um, they played that way as well, and they just yeah, um, every stat pretty much was in Sydney's favor in this game against Adelaide. They should have won them by four or five goals, um, but they had Adelaide just yeah, they were able to sort of hold on and, and sneak a little goal in there as well through Hannah Blake. Like it's it's not that Adelaide are completely gone and and dusted, but like they've got they've got the bones of something there. They just need to be able to add the muscle around it now.
2: With Adelaide, I also wonder. Um, I, I feel a little bit nostalgic for like how they were playing a couple of seasons ago, and there has been this kind of commitment to trying to play, um, you know, interesting football. I think, but at the same time, like for example, what we saw at the start of the season with Brisbane, and uh, news flash: Gareth McPherson was announced to stepping away from the the head coach and role at brisbane at the start of last week just after we finished recording um alex smith is now the head coach of brisbane that's the whole thing anyway but i felt like it, i i actually felt like he knew what he was working with when he with this brisbane team and that's why they were able to get those early wins like yeah. they weren't playing attractive football but they definitely had a game plan um, um and were using um I think their assets are advantage and we're able to actually do, you know, something with it. The question was whether they would be able to keep doing that. And I think um, jury's kind of out, I think as to whether um, it, because, because of the coaching change, what it, what that will mean long-term. But anyway, but with Adelaide, I'm like, does it, do they kind of need to like, or Adrian's tend to have to kind of change the approach. And yes, yeah, Sam, like you said, they're like, defensively quite leaky so does that mean that it, that sh- should dictate how they go into the next couple of rounds and just try and preserve <laughs> preserve their goal difference a little or like protect it a little bit more and then try and like come out the other side and then maybe try and start playing a bit more attractive football i don't know i feel like tactically something should probably change as well because yeah you see a worths go over to um sydney and immediately translate that move into like really good stuff it's like okay so it's not just about her she you know it was potentially other things going on anyway that was a bit of a ramble but tactics maybe question mark question
1: mark um also Brisbane what's going on there question mark question mark Caro? no Angela I'm throwing a question back at you because you're about to get it in when we sort of took over the discussion Matilda's wise Chloe Legazzo you wanted to talk about Chloe Legazzo um Obviously, Western United beat Brisbane Raw. Um, she didn't score this week. She scored previously. She's been racking up 90 minutes over and over, playing more as a forward. Talk us through your thoughts and vibes.
2: I just, I think that she's been, she's been playing out entire games. I think last season um, she had those injury. I think it was a foot injury, which um, they're really annoying <laughs> from what I've heard. Um but because she's been playing out games and I think she's just, yeah, been contributing consistently, I think she is playing a bit differently to what we've traditionally seen in the Matildas. Um, but at the same time, like Chloe Legazzo in form, she's just got such an engine and she's so determined and she will, I think, always apply herself to what she needs to do out there. And I think um, in terms of, and I, I do think when she is in form, she's actually one of um the more consistent players at that level. Um, She doesn't have the peaks and troughs maybe of some of the other players, which means that maybe, you know, she's not always hitting a higher ceiling. But I think, yeah, I don't know. I think she's doing really well at Western um, from what I've seen and she's got um, also that quality to produce really good things in important moments, um, which we saw a little bit last season, but seen more so. Um, Yeah, and the game against Raw… like, really great opportunity really early on. Um, I think from my – I have terrible memory. I really shouldn't be on a podcast where I have to remember things. But just, like, my recollection of that game as well. There was some good keeping from Brisbane's and But, yeah, I don't know. Chloe Legazzo, I, I love watching her play for the Matildas as well, so I'd like to see her back there. But we have so many midfielders now as well, so that's the other thing. It was just like – I actually spoiled for choice for once so i guess that comes into the conversation as well and i don't she's like even though she is playing a bit wider at western they don't it, they don't typically tend to like have their their forwards go through like go really wide if that makes sense so yeah where she might fit I mean
1: in a- she can play on the wing that's where she's often played a lot for the Matildas as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think as one of those options, um, I think if we're talking about if Holly McNamara goes out of this squad, which is what we're expecting, she'd be one of those names. I think you could say you could quite easily, if you're picking a 23rd player, um, just to see where she is at again, maybe not necessarily the worst option. And as you say, you always know what you're going to get. Um, if there's someone that they want to bring in that they think has that, that ceiling or someone that they want to test out, fantastic, whether it's a Lowry or a you know, someone like that, Larry or low, one of those young performers, that that would be quite exciting as well. Um, But I think if you're looking in that mix, she'd surely be in that, that next um, level of players, especially given you, um, you know, some of those Sydney FC standouts from last year, like Mackenzie Hawksby and Sarah Hunter aren't playing. Um, I think maybe you've you, you just got to look at someone who's playing to bring in, um, if they do decide to add a, a 23rd player if Holly McNamara's out.
3: If she is out, I it's funny that you say that, Harry. We've got the same brain. I would love to see a Hannah Lowry called up in a train on capacity at the very least to the Matildas. I think that she has been so good for Perth Glory. Among a number it's of a good long, Perth Glory. Long time, trains,
1: I think, Hannah Lowry. I think even when they were time, bad yep. at times the last two seasons, I think she's consistently been the bright spark. And we know she's rated, right? We know she's rated at that young Junior yep. Matilda's level.
3: Yep, she's come through the she's come through the youth system. She's really highly rated. She's getting better and better. I think this is potentially her best season in the dub so far. She's looking really strong. She's looking really smart. Clearly she's been working on her set piece technique as well. She scored that ripping free kick uh for Perth against um against Melbourne victory on the weekend as well. And, you know, another player, Susan Fonson is another a potential option too, who's sort of on the periphery of the periphery, but she's really coming into her own as well you know there's some there's some good players who are buzzing around who I think would relish the opportunity to be called into a a Matilda's camp for a friendly series Um, even if it's just as a train on even if it's just to experience what the environment is like and how different the tempo and the expectations are at that kind of level I think these are the kinds of players who would really really benefit from something like that and Rachel Lowe is another really good shout in that respect too.
0: We know that Lowe and Lowry starred for Perth and victory respectively in their 2-2 draw. So we won't go into that game. I'm also just very conscious of the time. So the only game we have not talked about was the angriest game of the round where the Mariners beat the Phoenix 1-0. It was Annalise Rasmussen scoring the lone goal, which is a very cool story. She's a Central Coast Academy product, has been at the club since she was 11. Their first signing in this rebooted Mariners season Um, and scored the goal. So just a nice warm fuzzy story which kind of uh, glossed over the fact that this was a very argy-bargy, crash-and-bash kind of game. So um, good win for the Mariners. We love to see that. A loss for the Phoenix, it ends a a winning streak for them, but you imagine they will bounce right back there. Um, The boot is obviously Holly McNamara's knee injury. We don't need to rehash that, but Sam has another boot.
1: Oh, Sam always has another another one. Look
3: at her go. Sam Boothman. So for anyone uh, who has been paying attention to uh, the NWSL uh, over the last week, Gotham won the NWSL final. uh, But uh, they did not get the chance really to celebrate winning their maiden trophy in the NWSL because the club didn't organize anything for them. It was just a, here's your trophy lift, and here's a whole bunch of Budweiser to go and get pissed on. Um, but after that, nothing. There's no parade. There's no trophy celebrations. There's no uh, sort of pre- presentation on a stage to your fans. You just take your trophy and you go home and then see ya. And to their credit, NWSL fans, when they get angry, I don't know another group of WOSO fans who gets angry quite like them um and so they did get angry yes indeed they did where the hell is our opportunity to celebrate we've got world cup players here we've got all these amazing players this is Ali Krieger's last professional game I can't believe you have done this to her uh and it was just this absolute outrage machine online um and it worked you know Gotham they conceded that they uh let the fans down and they have organised, uh, finally, some kind of presentation um, for the players to be able to celebrate in front of their fans. So, uh, yeah, yelling on the internet works, turns out. So, big boot in one sense for Gotham for, like, and one of the other weird things was that they came out, oh, they, they uh, responded to a fan by saying that they didn't expect to win the title and that's the re- That's so good. <laughs> Both Marissa and Angela have just like put their their hands to their forehead like a, and just like oh. it's like a follow up
1: boot to the Tiana Enler drama where clearly Chile's FA didn't expect them to make the final of Panamericanos. They didn't organize a deal with Leon and also uh, to you know have Tiana Enler outside the international window for the final. Also didn't organize their second goalkeeper um, Antonio Canales to be available with Valencia, so they ended up having to play an outfielder in goal. Like. Come on guys, like Incredible. just have some faith in winning.
3: Have some faith in your own teams. That's right. Like you like, you got all the way to the final and you didn't think that you would win, <laughs> like 50-50 chance. exactly. you've, got, like, like, you've guess, actually never had a greater chance. No, <laughs> goes back. Exactly. Yeah, so on the one hand, a bit of a boot for Gotham because they they didn't expect to win the final and they didn't have anything organized for the players but also a bit of a how good for them as well, because they did respond to the needs of the fans. They did respond to the outrage. They did respond to their players and they're going to be putting something together for them to, to celebrate the title. So yeah, that's a bit of a strange one to throw in the mix.
0: Teams, believe in yourselves. That's the lesson we have learned here. Believe in yourselves. Um Let's move on to some how goods. If I may quickly, I'm going to send you guys something that I have just seen on the internet that I find absolutely hilarious and this will be my...
1: Is it Stina Black's girl? It's Stina Black's girl! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um... It's the... Sorry, sorry, Mickey Mouse. This is fucking one of the fucking funniest things I've ever seen. It's so. it's so
0: good. So I'm sending it to the rest of the far posts to um watch. Obviously, Harrow is familiar <laughs> with um.
3: <laughs> okay, here's gonna be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Let, oh, just a real proper hang on, hang on,
0: let, action. Let Marissa
1: talk us through the goal, like. So,
3: Angela, watch the goal, and then Marissa. <laughs> Angela... hey, we're lo-
2: we we're, we're loading. <laughs> <laughs> I um okay.
3: balletic is how I would describe that. It's unbelievable.
0: Uh Steina Blackstenius has the ball in the box is shaping up to take a shot. And does the freshest air swing you've ever seen in your life. Does a full 360 pirouette and the ball is still right where she left it. So she gets a second chance to strike this ball after her pirouette. She nails the second attempt, but it was like, did we need the ballet turn, the full 360 before it? Probably not. Um, but genuinely one of the funniest things I've had the pleasure of witnessing with my own two eyeballs. Um, how good.
1: <laughs> Wait, so I need someone to set it to like the music of Taylor Swift right where you left it. Oh,
2: yes. <laughs> <Just zooming on laughs> my that. brain was there.
1: I was like, how am I going to make this
2: meme? Great mind. Oh, was right great where mind. she left it. Oh my God.
0: Um, She's just twirling, twirling tw- towards freedom. <laughs> It's it's genuinely incredible, and um, I'm gonna claim my friend of the pod, Becky Taylor Gill, has like got it on a perfect loop, so you can just watch that constantly. Um, if that's how you want to spend your Monday, it might be how I spend mine. So um,
1: it's my therapy this morning after the Holy Mac. It, well, Sorry, it's here, made neural laugh. pathways are all channeling into this perfect loop.
0: It's um, it's made us all
1: laugh, all which morning. we were not doing
0: at the start of the day. So um, <laughs> the scene of Blackstenius. How <laughs>
2: good. Um, there were a couple of other how goods though. So Angela,
0: a how good from you.
2: Yes, we are a women's football podcast, but um, we do like to nod to the fellas when they do good stuff. And so my how good is the Socceroos day, donating a portion of their match fees um, to a humanitarian aid being delivered in Gaza. So they're doing that by Oxfam. Um, and Context for that, they're playing Palestine, I think to like 1 a.m. tomorrow morning or Wednesday morning. They sure are in a world in a World Cup qualifier. Right. So just um I think most people would have some understanding that you know there's a, a war happening in Israel and, and, and Palestine at the moment. Um so yeah, good stuff to see them recognize that context for their opposition as well. And um yeah, just do the do the right thing and um put some money where it's needed at the moment. So yeah. A how good to the soccer ruse been stand up guys. That's it. <laughs> yep. That's it. No, it's a very
0: big how good to the ruse. Harrow, Sam, do either of you have a
1: how good or something you would like to share? My how good, inspired by you, Marissa. Um, not that you did anything for a how good this week. You do many great things, but not particularly I think I did. You know, I woke up this morning. You, Me too. We've all got through this together. You well done, everyone. Right and you brought me. that Steiner Blackstinius loop <laughs> into our lives. Um, but um, how good? There was a lot of sad stuff to come from the Jets City game. Um, and uh, I think a particular bit of credit has to go to Melissa Barbieri. Bub's obviously such a fixture of this league. Would have been very emotional at the rest of her teammates after Holly McNamara went down injured. To her credit, after the game, there's some great vision of this from from Jets fans um, as they were packing down the goal. Bubs, who um, obviously I think would have been on the bench for this one, um, let Jets fans, like kids on that, practice penalty kicks and shots against her in goal, um, which I thought was really, really sweet. Uh, something she didn't have to do. It's um, something you never have to do, but it's a great thing to do, especially given the emotions that would have been bubbling around that city camp. To take some time out of her day, she she's a mum as well. She'd know what this means. She's a um, utmost professional and to to take a few moments out of their day to uh let a few jets fans um ping a few shots her way and uh, feel like you know feel like pro footballers for the day is a, is a really nice thing to do so yeah Melissa Barbieri letting kids shoot the ball at her and uh, attempting to do it past her um how good
0: just extremely wholesome. That's another like go laugh at Stena Blackstenius and then go watch Bubs and you'll just feel like filled with warm fuzzies. Um Sam, how good?
3: So speaking of fabulous online content in the WOSO world, I want to give a shout out to our friends of the pod, Matilda's uh digital and social media team. They won the bronze award at the 2023 Football Content Awards over in England, the Matilda's team for their uh they're uh, it's the best football club international for all of their content basically that they've been pushing across their social channels particularly during the world cup um it's been amazing my club is going to steal so many of those ideas for our own content going forward particularly the tiny mic um fantastic initiative and yeah it's just a, it's a real um opportunity to credit the folks who are at football australia who are working really hard behind the scenes uh to to connect with the community because a lot of the way in which we um, we access and participate in conversations around football is digitally. It's online. It's through memes. It's through trends. It's through uh, TikToks. It's through all these different things. And the Matildas content team, I think, has been um, really forward thinking and, and really fun in the way that they've been able to bring the Matildas to us as the public um, through these these mediums. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the to the friends of the pod, the Matildas uh, content team. Uh, you deserve it, and uh, keep doing your thing. How good! Big congrats, big how good. Lot of good people over in the Tillys
0: content team, and just quickly because I can't not mention it. Tash Rigby brought up her 100th A League Women's appearance. Sensational player, sensational person. We love a hundo. Um, she becomes the third Glory player to make 100 appearances for. Perth glory. So she joins Shannon May and Mariana Tobain, which is just incredible record. So huge congrats to you, Tash Rigby. We absolutely love to see it. How good. But that is us done for today. Obviously, we've got those Canada friendlies not too far away. So we will have pod episodes about them when they happen. We've still got a couple of rounds of dub before they happen. So we'll talk about that Basically, there's lots to look forward to. As always, though, we're over on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple, all of your usual pod spots. If you like what we do, leave a review, subscribe, so you get the episodes directly into your feed. If you want to have a chat to us, if you want to ask more questions, we're at The Far Post Pod on all social media. But until next time,
1: cheers.